0: back in the goat district we're live in week 14 i got my man bradley stadler with me how you doing tonight bradley
1: killing it ready for week 14
0: yeah you're ready for (laughs) bimageddon right you're not here it comes there you go there you go let's get after it So Bradley, I think we might have the two best uh intro uh songs going in, in fantasy right now. Uh a hat tip to uh to Billy Muzio. Uh he does a nice intro as well, but I, I feel like ours are, are right up there.
1: Gabe crushes it in the intro game. So shout out to him. The you know, it's like the uh we do
0: the the ballin ones, which is our, our best ball one, and that, that's an excellent song as well. So yeah, shout out. Um definitely, definitely some fire, but This week we loaded it up. We had Pat Corain last night on NBC Sports Edge. It was great. It was a really good uh, show. We got into a lot of topics. And and now tonight we have Bradley Stadler. Uh, Bradley is putting out sharp content on on the regular. Um, He's putting out a a tremendous amount of content. Um, He's a really, really sharp guy and a friend. Bradley, why don't you let everybody know where they can find you right now and uh, what you're putting out?
1: Sure, so lots of videos popping over on the YouTube channel for Best Bell Fantasy. Um, that's where I put a lot of my video content. I do a couple live streams a week and then chop those up too and give some individual player takes for uh for the algo, you know, <laughs> and then uh write an article a week for fantasy data where I talk about my rankings and compare those to the consensus. It's always uh, interesting to talk not just about what players I like, but also players that, like, yes, everyone else might like too. And so that's a really challenging but fun article to do every week. Um, and then they just uh, released week 13's rankings. I finished uh, in the top 10 at wide receiver for this week. So that was really nice. Finished as the top five kicker ranker for this week. So that was also good. I that's don't awesome. even. Uh, number four at IDP. So I I don't even know how to spell IDP, but we're doing the best we can with, with talking defensive players too. Um, And then I do an article once a week for top prop fantasy. If you haven't checked them out, it's uh, more like a social uh, DFS. So you and a buddy might disagree on two players and uh, you got to pick which prop is the best So top prop. I write an article a week where I compare uh, three sets of props and then I just started with full-time, uh, full-time fantasy, writing an article to a week with them. Um, actually, once we get off here, I'm going to crank out some starts and sits for this week. And uh, yeah, that's also getting into it. Lots of fun, lots of content. This is the grind, Theo. This is where like we make all the money, all of the decisions. And uh, yeah, it's exhausting, but it all leads up to this. these couple weeks where... You know, we got to make decisions about our waivers. We got to make decisions about start sits, and that's what's going to propel us in the playoffs and the money. So,
0: you're you're right about that. I mean, it's grind time. This is the week that you really, really want to be as careful as possible. I'm in the DMs with my with my uh, with my co-managers, uh, you know, or I'm texting with them, trying to make the best possible decisions. Either you're if you're playing in this week for anything, then then you've had a pretty good season. Um, so you're either getting into a playoff in a home league, or you're getting ready for the for the for the sprint in high stakes. Uh, right. If you're a best ball player, you know hopefully you're you're winding it down and, and you're looking to make some money. Dan, how pure did you run last night <laughs> in terms of a fantasy sweat for with your with your teams on Monday night? I know me and you, we survived. This is right. back to back back to back years. Dan and I are a, a co-managed FFPC main event team. Where we're in a championship game, and I, I I don't mind our chances this week, Dan. I think we've got a couple of positions to navigate, but we are we're able to bully on the Fab. We have four dollars, and the other manager only has one dollar. So that's like <laughs> you're you're walking around feeling like a king right now. But why don't you tell everybody about your sweat from last night?
3: Yeah, I'm am just, I'm just worried about the guy who's playing in the third place game with sixteen dollars that he's going to like hose us over somehow. But uh, he's he's stocked at running back, and uh, you know so. Hopefully, hopefully he's not going to be looking for any of the same guys we are. But um, anyway, yeah, last night, um, yep, it, it all came down basically to the last drive uh, that Tampa did. I had one team where I was just barely ahead with uh, Tom Brady on my team of a team that had Mike Evans. And so if, if Brady had thrown too much on that drive to Evans or thrown him a touchdown, I would have lost that game. At the same time, uh, you know, you and I were looking for Godwin to not get too many points, uh, you know, so that we would win our matchup. And then I had yet a third place where I was not playing directly against Lance, uh, at sports betting man. Um, But he was just in front of me for the the fourth spot in a FFPC Dynasty League where, uh, you know, the, the top four get two victory points. Uh, for their points. And I needed to get four victory points this week to maintain my, uh, my hold on sixth and last place in the playoffs, which I did by that, uh, that last Godwin catch. Um, gave me just enough points to get over Lance and uh, grab that fourth victory point. So it all worked out.
0: It was, it was an awesome ending. Uh, I, I love Rashad White. I mean, that's a guy we've been on in the GOAT district for a long time. And it was like it was like almost like a movie where he has the the, the fumble and then is able to have the the game winning catch and for Brady to go back to him and have the confidence in him. That's a guy that I'm just super super excited for next season. I think like where he ends up in redraft will be very interesting but like rest of the season if you have Rashad White um, he's had 15 catches over his last two games on 17 targets. I mean that's about as good as it gets for a running back. That's like McCaffrey esque. Um, what What are your thoughts on him, Bradley, and any other takeaways you had on the game?
1: Yeah, it was impressive that he was all he was the juxtaposition of Keyshawn Vaughn. Like if you think a couple years ago there was a, it, it's seared into my brain because um, Keyshawn Vaughn was not catching the passes, and in fact had a, a very memorable catch, turn, fumble lost and then was benched pretty much the rest of the game uh that got me negative points because i had to start Keyshawn Vaughn that oh, week <laughs> yeah oh, right and you're never gonna forget those but then like the idiot that i am i drafted you know the third round running back for the Tampa bay buccaneers in my dynasty leagues yet again and here we are uh rashad white is so much of a better player and i think that uh, you know, his his pass catching acumen coming into the league was really nice. I I wonder if he's going to get stuck in this running back dead zone next year. I think a lot of it is going to be dependent upon who the quarterback is going to be for Tampa Bay, whether they're going to be utilizing him in that way, because we know how Brady hyper targets the running back. Um, and so, I mean, <sighs> White I, think and will, for- I think
0: he will be. In, I think him be, he will absolutely be in the dead zone.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, I think you well, hit
0: the nail on the head with that. But he's that's Dan. That's like the 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 kind of appealing dead zone profile we kind of like right, those yeah. those pass catching guys, right? Yeah, you
3: you don't want the Leonard Fournette dead zone yeah. profile, which is you know basically <laughs> <laughs> you know just just waiting to lose uh, all of his snaps. So uh, and and really, I don't know. Fournette may not be with with the Bucks next year. Tom Brady may not be with the Bucks next year. For right. all we know. So you know, there's a lot of things going on there. Uh, But Fournette uh, definitely was not cuttable this year. Next year, he's a little bit more cuttable. He's got a eight and a half million dollar cap hit. uh, Only five mil with dead cap. I mean, you know, so it's 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 not nothing for dead cap. But uh, he, it would save them, uh, you know, three point five. So
0: yeah, it's uh, it'll be a fun one to talk about in the in the uh, in the postseason. But uh, I think that. You know moving forward, Rashad White, I think we can call him kind of a a, a safe low end r b two just based on this this pass catching volume. Um, this week is kind of a disaster in terms of Lamar Jackson, if I'm reading the tea leaves correctly, it sounds like he'll miss about three weeks. I think that's a pretty safe bet if if he beats it, great. um and you know, we could push this to four weeks. So Lamar Jackson managers are scrambling. And then you have that on top of that, Jimmy Garoppolo managers are kind of in disarray because he's done for the year. There's some reports that I guess if he could play in the Super Bowl, if I'm reading these, these new uh, injury reports, he avoided the list, Frank, but consider him dust. How are you guys navigating the quarterback waters here? And I want to get your take, Bradley, on three guys Mike White, Tyler Huntley, and Ryan Tannehill, and Dan as well. And how would you handle it if you lost one of these two guys to injury?
1: Yeah, so if I'm ranking these players, uh, I'll I'll go with Mike White first. Uh, I think he's he's in a clear tier above the rest. Uh, then Ryan Tannehill, then Huntley, and then if you're in desperate straits, Purdy seems to be the guy in San Francisco for right now. The reason why you have to be bullish on on White is not only because of what he's done in the past. We've seen three top seven. Quarterback finishes in his starts, like he's shown us some ceiling and his willingness to throw the ball down the field. But also, he's got some green matchups later on the season. Yes, he gets the Bills this week, but the Bills are not um, not the zero that they were last year. And then after he escapes Buffalo, he gets Detroit, Jacksonville, and Seattle. Talk about like green matchups for not only the quarterback position, but also the wide receivers there, Garrett Wilson, uh, Carol Corey Davis, and hopefully the reemergence of Elijah Moore. I think the jets are on the upswing when it comes to offense. So if I'm, I'm in a clear tier above, and there are some people who are really skeptical about Mike White, and I think he's still on a lot of waivers. So if you are in desperate need, I would make him a stronger priority than, than the Tannehill's like Tannehill. We know what he is. He's a solid quarterback too with a really bad pass catching core that could be hurt with Traylon Burks possibly out. And then Huntley had one really good game, um, but he also gives you a safe rushing floor, 40 rushing yards or more in all five of his games that he played the majority of snaps, so at least last year. So that's how I'm viewing them right now. Dan, what do you think? Yeah,
3: I'm, I'm kind of with you. I mean, it's, it's got to be Mike White um, in the lead. Um, I don't love Tannehill. Definitely don't love Huntley, but, um, you know, you, you do what you got to do. I mean, if you are relying on Jimmy Garoppolo, you have more problems than just Garoppolo's injury. You are um,
0: a, you are a low end streamer at that point, you know, right. First, yeah. Get, it, 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 get by it, score.
3: It's quite possible that you might actually, uh, make a move to the positive here though. If you're, if you're starting Jimmy Garoppolo, I'm going to assume that you're in a two quarterback league and, uh, most or all of all these guys are gone anyway. But, um, you know, you never know. Um, but, yeah, I, I I don't love Tannehill because especially if Burks is out, uh, you know, we could really see this, uh, you know, even though he's got some juicy matchups, it, it could still be the Derrick Henry show, uh, you know. And none of his other pass catching options are really that great, but, um, you know. Sometimes the, the great matchup does make it uh, possible for him to give you at least a decent score. Tyler Huntley last year did not do, you know, like my memory of Tyler Huntley last year was like, yeah, he did pretty good down the stretch. And then I looked at what his actual fantasy numbers were. It was like, uh, yeah, let's, let's walk that back a little bit. He had basically three of his uh, five games that he started. He failed to crack 15 points in uh, FFBC scoring. And then so, he had
0: the 40-point the week. Yeah, where yeah. he went insane. So I feel yeah. like it's it's kind of like a, um, it's like a Mandela effect where we kind of remember things differently. Right. Um, and like when I, I was kind of on the. Um, so I'll, I'll I'll back up a step. I I think like when you think of Huntley, like you kind of think of like a like for like, um, you know, replacement where he's going to get all the the rush attempts, but he's very appealing. And I, certainly, if I needed a quarterback this week. I would prioritize Huntley. Like, for instance, if I was a Justin Fields manager, and I, you know, I had him on on, on bye week this week, I would go hard to get Huntley. Um, but if it was rest of the season, I think it's it's clearly Mike White. I agree with you guys on that one. He had 315 yards passing, and then three, and that was in the pouring rain and cold. I was at that game, and it was not a nice day in 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 North New Jersey. Um, and then 369 yards uh, this past week against Dan's uh, Minnesota Vikings secondary, which is uh, a little choppy right now. Um, but he he looks really good, and I think they they run a kind of like a confident, diverse offense where they're willing to spread it around. Um, the Jets have a little bit of juice, and I think you kind of ride that. Bradley talked about the, the playoff schedule. Neither one of you is excited about Ryan Tannehill. I'm just going to throw out the name Kenny Pickett. Do either one of you have any interest in Kenny Pickett as like a QB2 emergency play or any appeal in Superflex? How would you uh, compare him to Tannehill, Dan? Would you rather have Tannehill or Pickett?
3: I think I'd rather roll with Tannehill, honestly. Okay. Um, you know, Pickett, Pickett is definitely getting down to, into the desperation area. Um, you know, he, he's only averaging about 15 points a game, so it's pretty tough. I mean, I'd, I'd almost consider like uh, Andy Dalton over him. Um, you know, I if I was relying on Pickett, I'd I'd even take like Brock Purdy as a backup if I had to. Um, you know, it it, it just could be that
0: bad. Uh, and Bradley, would what's your thoughts on on Pickett? Anything to add with him?
1: Yeah, I I mean, George Pickens is uh, has been struggling to get the targets down the field. Uh, Deontay Johnson has been gathering the targets but they've been low a dot type of reception. So that's not going to, you'd almost hope that it was, it was flipped. And then maybe you could see a little bit more, you know, optimism for Kenny Pickett. But if you continue to pepper these low target type of receivers, it's not going to work out to worry. And actually 1912 fantasy, I was going to bring this up. Uh, Jared Goff is like, he should be in this mid quarterback one streaming conversation. He's only rostered in 30% of like Yahoo leagues. And he gets the Vikings this week, and if there's a smash matchup for passing, we just saw. You mentioned the Vikings, but uh, giving up so many passing yards. But it's also that this is in a dome. It's at Detroit, right? Um, the emergence of Jamison Williams, the whole bit. I know that we're getting a little bit off, but like, I mean, if- I would,
0: I would, I would have Goff I would have Golf ahead of those guys as Absolutely. well. But I feel like Golf, at least in terms of the the higher stakes leagues is, is rostered at okay, this yeah. point. So, Mike White would kind of be the, the guy I would go for. Shout out to the mm-hmm. chat, 1912 in the chat. Uh, shout out to Jose Pena. Jose Pena, thank you for the waiver wire content. I uh, appreciate that. We put out a, a, a waiver wire show today. Um, Jose, definitely check it out, help you navigate these waters. Um, but, want to keep going here. We have, besides the injuries, which was not just the QBs, but we also have this horrible bye week hell where it's six teams on bye by mageddon part 2 first off how dumb is it that the NFL has six teams on bye week in week 14 where some teams had their bye weeks like 2 months ago and now you're and now you're you're interjecting like six teams to get a rest here i feel like it's it's kind of like not only unfair to fantasy players which i know they don't really necessarily care about but they should but it's unfair to certain NFL teams who who get this you know extra rest this late in the season i mean Dana bradley do you have any, any thoughts on just the the very late bye weeks
1: i'm hoping that this will catalyst into one bye week earlier in the season and one bye week later in the season that eventually the nfl will come to its senses and get two bye weeks for teams if they're going to expand to i think the eventual plan is to what get to 18 games in the season they're gonna mm-hmm. need two different bye weeks and so I this is like this awkward transition, I think, between uh, the 16 and 18 games. And hopefully, you know, this can be remedied here in the next couple of years, because as you mentioned, it's really inconvenient. I think it is a disadvantage Um, and it's inconvenient for a lot of fancy players because uh, the fancy playoffs. There are some some uh, high stakes leagues or other places where playoffs start this week, you know, Yep. Like, but like we that's ridiculous. In
0: FFPC, FFPC, we had playoffs last week and this week, this is the championship week. And then for NFFC and FFWC, this is the final week. Um, And you know, it's the, you're, you're done with waivers after this week. So uh, it's, it's, it's very tricky. Obviously it's more tricky for the FFPC player um, because it's more impactful. You know, Dan and I are playing for $4,000 this week. Right. Um. You know, nice, ni- nice, nice little, little, little Christmas pocket change, Dan. And uh, NFFC still you're playing for prizes because, you know, the money's decided this week for the regular season. And then who gets to the postseason is also going to be decided. So, uh, Dan, what are your thoughts on, on kind of the, the way that they, they that the NFL does this?
3: Yeah, I mean, I totally hate it. You, you know, basically week 13 and week 14, 25 percent of the NFL is on bye uh, between those two weeks. And, you know, that's a lot for this late in the season. Uh, you know, I feel like, you know, I understand why they're not doing bye weeks in like the first, you know, five or so weeks of the season. I mean, nobody really needs it then. But, um, you know, I, I, I don't want to speculate too much on what it's going to be like when we have, uh, you know, 18 games and uh, we have two bye weeks per team. That's that's going to get really ugly for fantasy because you think about how many teams are on bye right now because again they're not going to be throwing any of those bye weeks in the first few weeks or the last few weeks so everything's going to be jammed in the middle so you're gonna you're gonna see probably you know weeks where like there's ten teams on bye or something um, you know which is I, I, I you know that's not great for the NFL product either I don't think so you maybe maybe right. they'll keep it at one bye week I don't know.
0: And you could have easily had four teams on by last week and four teams on by this week if you right. wanted to do it like that. It's just the fact that they go two and then six is kind of crazy. But it is what it is. So the teams that are on byes are Atlanta, Chicago, Green Bay, Indianapolis, New Orleans, and Washington. So there's obviously some very impactful fantasy starters. We talked about Justin Fields, you know, Aaron Jones. You now have Christian Watson. Uh, you have on, obviously Jonathan Taylor, Michael Pittman. You have Chris Olave, Alvin Kamara, who was really non-existent last night, but he's absolutely a starter. And then you have Terry McLaurin. How about guys that I maybe didn't mention? Are there any bye week sneaks, Bradley, that maybe somebody, in, especially in like a home league, you know, might have access to that could potentially be cut this week
1: and then really help you out in the fantasy playoffs? For sure. One that comes to mind is Jahan Dotson, the first-round pick for Washington. I mean, he <laughs> – Traylon Burks has had his time. Uh, Christian Watson has had his time. Garrett Wilson's had his time, right? Drake London has had his moments, but Jahan Dotson has been like this forgotten first round pick. And I I would come around to drafting a lot of him in the best ball, but I mean, he came off three weeks where he was eased in from injury and finally just explodes back out the scene was wide receiver 18 last week, nine targets, five receptions. He had the touchdown. He played 85% of the snaps and he got back to what he was doing with Carson Wentz back during the first, you know, four weeks where three of those four weeks, he was a top 24 wide receiver. So if you're looking for a flex play later on, and this is what we're talking about. Sneaking like he's not going to show up in the projected points. Right. He you're gonna see like the seven or eight pointers, the ones that don't matter. But Jahan Dotson is a, is a player that can be a wide receiver too, a flex play for you here come in um near the end of the season. Um Dan,
0: any other thoughts on uh on on Jahan Dotson? Yeah, I
3: mean obviously yeah, I think Dotson is a, a great sneaky one to to bring on board if he's available um another one i'd throw in there is khalil herbert um yes. he he should be coming off ir i think this week um and you know he he was handling close to 50 percent of the touches uh for chicago on the ground uh or at least the running back touches um and, and justin fields is not running quite as much or at least he didn't this past week uh, you know so things could be setting up really nicely for herbert so if anybody uh, you know, had to drop him due to you know all the bye week problems we're having right now. And you can pick him up. Uh, that's that's definitely a great move. Uh, another one I'd throw out there. Uh, you know, this this one's a little bit more off the wall, maybe. But Romeo Dobbs. I don't think um, you know he's he's going to probably come back this week. Uh, I don't think he's going to be on many people's radars. Everybody's kind of you know they're all in love with Christian Watson. Uh, you know, but Alan Lazard is not really doing anything special, and they may want to see what Dubes can do uh, the remainder of this year. I mean, it's a lost season for Green Bay. Uh, you know, so if they're putting Jordan Love out there, potentially, uh, you know, I I think they might kind of de-emphasize Lazard a little bit and emphasize uh, Dubes and guys like that. Maybe even uh, Samurai Torre, uh, you know, might be a, a really sneaky one for really, really deep weeks.
0: And then, do you guys have any interest in in Rashid Shahid, who oh, had, okay. you know, I think I think that's one that's kind of sneaky for me because, uh, you know, we he's he's so explosive and all it takes is one type player. And going into the bye week, I think they they gave him four targets last night. Um, so you know, you go into these bye weeks and these teams self scout. He might be a guy that you could. I mean, I know he's available in in pretty much everywhere in high stakes, so you can actually get him. Um, I completely agree on on Jahan Dotson um, and I and I agree on Khalil Herbert but I think those guys are going to be a little less available but like if you're going super deep uh, I think that um, Shahid is interesting. Uh, Dan any thoughts on him and Bradley as well?
1: Yeah I'll jump uh, in with you go for it Dan.
0: Yeah I
3: you know shaheed is one of those guys that you're gonna he's he's only going in your lineup as a prayer um you, you're holding you, your breath a, and
0: you want a long touchdown
3: yep but you you know if you can get that 70 yards and a score um you're you're in good shape um so you're saying just, he's gabe davis <laughs> <laughs> a much much cheaper gabe davis yeah um I, I don't really want to talk about Gabe Davis right no, now. No, no, no.
0: We'll, we'll, we'll save that for the for the for the off season. It's too depressing.
3: There we go. Yeah. In nineteen twelve, I think was saying is is trying to say week
0: sixteen. I'm not sure what he's talking about. If if he's talking about Khalil Herbert or week sixteen, yeah, Khalil Herbert, I believe is week week sixteen. Uh, shout out to you on nineteen twelve. Um... Uh, he 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 went. Uh,
3: let's see week week. He was put on. IR before week 11, right? So 11, 12, 13, 14, so you should be able to come back in week 15.
0: Um that that I need to double check, but either way I can I agree with you. I mean, if you get two starts out of him in the fantasy playoffs, um you know, especially with attrition where where things happen, you know, you've seen you've seen a lot less talented players than Khalil Herbert have good week 16s. Uh, ah. so he's definitely one. And then how okay. about yeah, 1912 is
3: right. There was a buy in there which can't count for IR. So he is not coming Mm -hmm. back until week 16. That's a good
0: point. And then uh, Deion Jackson's been dealing with injury, but are you trying to hold on to your Jackson shares where you can, Dan, or are you you parting ways? And I ask you that because, you know, we'll put it in the high stakes context where you're not going to be able to carry him into the playoffs.
3: Yeah, that's, that's one I'm kind of taking on a case by case basis. You know, if I feel okay at uh, running back, I, you know, he might be one of those that I'm, I'm actually getting rid of, but if, um, you know, if I'm really desperate at running back, I'm going to be dropping some of those wide receivers that will probably never hit my lineup. And I'm going to be putting guys like Deion Jackson and uh, Matt Breida and guys like that onto my team. So, um, you know, he could go either way for me.
0: Now let's do a little bit of dumpster diving. Let's talk about this week specifically. Who are some possible players that you can add that might be on the waiver wire that you could plug into your lineup, um, any kind of sneaky starts for this week, Bradley? Why don't we start with you on that one?
1: Yeah, let me pull up. Uh, well, the Fantasy Pros rankings. This is the first time. Uh, so today is Tuesday, and I'm finally looking at the the rankings and uh, some deeper dive players. Um, you know, if we're skeptical about. If we're skeptical about Jamison Williams, we're getting any snaps at all. Um, Khalif Two routes Raymond, run this past weekend in his th- first game back. Two routes run. Yeah, Kalief Raymond, the Minnesota Vikings give up the most receiving yards to wide receivers. That's interesting to me. Same with Josh Reynolds. Like, I'm not sure which one I want, but that's going to be discernible. I want one of those outside wide receivers. Um, and let's see. Who else? Uh, Or DJ Chark, even if you're not sure about a flex play. Uh, Marvin Jones, the Tennessee Titans give up the most wide receiver touchdowns and the most fancy points to wide receivers. So if you're looking for a deeper flex play, Marvin Jones is uh, someone that you could consider. And uh, at running back, Let's let's not discard uh, Zonovan Knight right away. Michael Carter's supposed to be back for this game, but the the rumblings are that Zonovan Knight is still going to be the lead back, even with um, with Carter back. He was earning a role even before the Carter injury. So not just that like Zonovan Knight is going to get some run, but he very well may be the lead back and worthy of starting in your leagues uh, as we get into week uh, week fourteen.
0: Yeah, I think Zonovan Knight is is a is for me like a back end RB two. Like I th- I think he looks tremendous. He has over 100 yards in back to back games. He he looks like the he looks the most comfortable running um on a- any running back we've seen for the Jets besides obviously Brees Hall this year. He's like you know what they've been lacking. So I completely agree with you. I think Carter is is the change of pace and Knight is uh, the back you want. Um, Dan, any, anything to add on any of these guys we talked about, or or do you have any other kind of sneaky starts dumpster dive guys?
3: Yeah. So a couple of them, um, you know, if, if Michael Carter doesn't come back, then we got to go with Ty Johnson because he's a guy who can, you know, what he he's going to be in the Michael Carter role. If, if Carter's not there and that's probably going to be worth, you know, eight to 12 points, something like that. And then, um, in Seattle, we don't really know what's going on exactly. Um, you know, but there's some some Seattle running backs you can take some shots at. Um, it sounds like DJ Dallas maybe has the the high ankle sprain that um, we were talking
0: about in the, in the pre-show. It's it's an absolute mess because yeah, DJ Dallas has the high ankle, um, and Pete Carroll said it's kind of a high ankle sprain, which means it's probably <laughs> a very bad high ankle sprain. Probably means he he's getting ankle surgery at the very moment we're talking. Uh, and yeah, then or, or they're Homer,
3: amputating. Who knows? I mean,
0: Homer's got the Homer's got the knee sprain.
3: Yeah, you enough? got
0: you got to kind of hope Homer
3: comes back. If he comes yeah. back, he's he's definitely the pickup. Uh, I think uh, I'm trying to think who's the uh, who who's that third running back. I'm, I'm well, we on his talked name.
0: about it. Wayne, like they signed Wayne Gallman. Yeah, and I feel like do you, like Wayne Gallman probably just jumps Tony Jones. Or do yeah, you, Tony like, Jones. You, that's it. Thank yeah. You. It's it's super. It's super choppy. It's super choppy. Yeah, yeah. At that
3: point, you know, you're you you are very very desperate. Um, you know, you 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 have found the the layer of sludge at the bottom of the dumpster, and you are you're also the grouch (laughs) at that
0: point. You're living in the dumpster. Yes. Um, I'll throw out to you guys instead of trying to navigate. If it was like a one week start, instead of trying to navigate the the running backs in Seattle. Noah Fant looks pretty good right now, and I think that there's a chance that they could be a little more pass happy with Gino willing to take shots. Noah Fant had four catches; he found the end zone. Um, he had probably his best game of the season fantasy wise. So that would be like again, we're talking dumpster diving. We're talking about I'm in a bind; I need to find somebody who's go I can stick into my lineup and hope that they get me you know ten to fifteen points, and I'll throw Noah Fant in that, and then. Uh, I love your Ty Johnson call. That was going to be the guy I would I was going to talk about because if we're kind of scared of the Buffalo matchup, Ty Johnson uh, would be would be one that we would use. We know he's got a history with Mike White, and Ty Johnson has had double digit PPR points now in back to back weeks, so uh, he's definitely one you throw in there. And then we're going to talk about tight ends in a little bit, but your thoughts on on Chig Okonkwo, the Maryland Terrapin, now Tennessee Titan. Uh, who led the Titans in targets, led the Titans in 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 yardage this past weekend. Uh, obviously, it helped it helped his stat line that that Traylon Burks went out. It was very unfortunate. Traylon looked incredible on the touchdown catch. Uh, looked like he was going to have his huge game that we've kind of been waiting on, uh, and he goes out with a concussion. So that was unfortunate. But let's say he misses. The Tennessee Titans wide receivers are very dusty right now. Robert Woods, you can't even you can't even we shouldn't even mention his name because he's he's he's. I said last night on the pod I think Dontrell Hilliard would be a more productive wide receiver at this point than Robert Woods. Do you roll with Chig? Like I I think I'd be pretty bullish on him if if Traylon Burks is out. Your thoughts, Dan? You're the tight end whisper.
3: <laughs> I mean I don't hate it, uh, you know, but it, it, the targets there are just not. Nah. Predictable at all, um, you know, so it, you know, it could be Chig with six targets or, you know, they could go back to Austin Hooper or they could just uh, decide they're going to feature Nick westbrook Um, You know, so who, who who knows? But, you know, at least with Chig, you're talking about there's some underlying talent there. And if if all of us fails, I'd rather bet on talent than just, you know, trying to guess who's getting the most targets. 4 5
0: 40 for chig shout out to 1912 says he's a baby baby Johnu smith i like that very John smith-esque in terms of athleticism
3: yeah let's hope he comes up with a better career than johnny
1: yes yes the profile, <laughs> the profile. <laughs> i don't know yeah, i mean nfl like johnny <laughs> that's
0: it get that johnny money for sure for sure um so chig's a rookie um and you know obviously it's a it's a I would say this rookie class has exceeded a lot of people's expectations um i think in terms of dynasty people were slightly sour on tw- using using uh 2022 first round picks because of this you know vaunted 2023 class but i think the 2022 has definitely you know, punched above their weight class they've certainly you know uh exceeded expectations i don't think it's even an argument at this point uh how good are these rookie wide receivers Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, you know, I'll throw Christian Watson in there based on his productivity, but how special is this class of wide receivers? Uh, Are we talking about a a class that we look back in five years and we're like, this is one of the better classes, or is this just a guys jumping into opportunity and maybe capped ceilings? Uh, Bradley, kind of a big picture perspective on these rookie wide receivers you're seeing this season.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't go quite 2013 wide receiver class, but this is one that I think was underrated. There were a lot of people chattering about how the 2022 class is one of the worst classes they've ever seen. But, you know, the what one of the takeaways from this class was it was very wide receiver deep. And with the emergence of Christian Watson at the combine, solidifying it, plus Traylon Burks doing what he did. Right. We knew that Garrett Wilson was going to be a stud top 10 pick early declare Ohio state. He crushed and he, both him and Olave forced out Jamison Williams. We haven't seen anything from Jamison Williams so far. So there's a potential for there to be what Olave Wilson, Watson, Williams, Dotson, as we mentioned earlier in the podcast, underrated first round wide receiver, Drake, London, Drake, London, even, we haven't yep. even breathed about Drake London yet. And so this is, I think, a really underrated class. I think you're going to have, um, you know, you, a couple of wide receiver ones moving forward. Like Garrett Wilson is printing himself into that wide receiver one uh, conversation in, in Dynasty, um, and then I, I think I wouldn't be surprised even if he's already in like keep trade cut in that top twelve, top ten wide receiver for Dynasty already, uh, just with the. The talent he's shown with the backup quarterbacks. Like imagine if the Jets go out and upgrade from Mike White, or if Mike White actually is the answer here.
0: Just a just a normal quarterback. Like yeah, right. like like anybody.
1: Yeah. Like uh, literally you know, any QB, dude. any QB that you're able to run in like
0: Jimmy, a Jimmy Garoppolo type. You like, know, as, a Jameis Winston type. Literally any QB that you consider in like the the fifteenth to twentieth best in the league. You're loving Garrett Wilson.
1: It's such a shame, though. You mentioned Jameis Winston. It's such a shame that he's not the quarterback with Chris Olave there in New Orleans because we could be seeing 300 air yards a game from <laughs> Jameis Winston to Olave. He was already, you know, leading the NFL for a, a streak there with uh, with air yards. So get a good quarterback in Atlanta, Mariota. Get him 35 to 40 pass attempts a game, like. I don't think Desmond Ritter is going to be the answer, but maybe he is like, could Desmond Ritter be Alex Smith? Could he be possibly like, I wouldn't hate that. And I don't think fantasy managers should hate that either. If we get a little bit more aggressive play calling from Arthur Smith there in Atlanta, I think that's, what's holding back Drake London. It wasn't Kyle Pitts, So yeah, I think this is uh, probably a 50th to 60th percentile class for wide receivers, but it, should be perceived even higher because of how low the rest of the class was viewed.
0: Dan, anything to add kind of, kind of big picture wise with how you're viewing this class?
3: Yeah, I I think it's a good class. I I would, put it probably in like the, I don't know, the 80th percentile. Um, You know, 2014 was obviously the gold standard, but um, you know, this one's stacking up pretty well. And one of the things I like is that a lot of these guys are really young. You know, some of the wide receiver classes that we've had, Come through uh, in previous years, you know we've we've had some 22, 23, 24 year old rookies. You know 22 is not bad, but when you start getting into 23 and 24 year old guys, you know like Terry McCorran came in old. Uh, you know guys like that, and you know most of these guys are all 21, 22. Uh, you know, which is what you really want to see. And we do have, you know, as as Brad was saying, you know, there's a lot of good. Uh, good players that have already uh, shown out at the top. I mean, you know, and then other guys like uh, London, Pickens, uh, you know, they, they just need a quarterback. Um, and, you know, even some of the guys a little bit further down, um, you know, Wondell Robinson could end up being something. Alec Pierce could end up being something. Um, David Bell even could be end up being something. Uh, John Mechie, we haven't seen at all, um, you know. And, you know, he's he's got a profile that I really liked, you know, so there's there's a lot of interesting names still in there. But what we've
0: already seen, uh, you
3: know, is is telling us this is a pretty good class.
0: Yeah, I I agree with Dan. I think it's it's like an 80th percentile class. And I think when we get into the into like the more dynasty, uh, you know, centric podcast in the summer, it's going to be really interesting to try to rank our wide receivers in dynasty. But I'll tell you what. Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave are going to be way, way, way up there. Garrett Wilson has five games with over 90 or more yards receiving. Olave has three. But Wilson having five is, is pretty nuts. And I know it's kind of cherry-picking data, but Justin Jefferson had seven his rookie season. Jamar Chase had six. Jalen Waddell had three. Amon Ross St. Brown had four. CeeDee Lamb had two. T. Higgins had three. So Garrett Wilson right now with five – he had a, those games with Zach Wilson where a couple of them were mixed in. I mean, he's able to really take over an NFL game. And I think by the end of the summer, I think he might be like wide receiver five in Dynasty based on how he finishes this season. Because like Dan said, he's young. He had a perfect clean profile, top 10 NFL pick in the draft. Um, there's so much to like about him. And he's about to break uh, Keyshawn Vaughn's uh, Jets record. He could do that. He could do that in 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 one and a half games, based on what he's doing. So I think that there's the we, we had the narrative that it was like a lot of very good wide receivers, and I think some of those good wide receivers are elite. And then you have the Christian Watson factor, where he's just this athletic freak who's running away from defenses like you know uh, like a Tyreek Hill type athlete. So it's it's definitely a class that um, we should be very excited about, and we should be excited about a couple of these guys to help us win leagues. Uh, let's Theo get- you- real quick on that. Oh, sure. um, yeah. Brad did mentioned
3: the uh, keep trade cut. So I just went over there real quick because I, I thought that was a that was a great idea to take a look there. Um, Garrett Wilson is the top ranked uh, rookie wide receiver on there. Uh, mm. He is number 27 overall. He's the number 11 wide receiver. But
1: between uh, I see Olave the- there at eight. Wide receiver eight right now. Oh,
3: oh yeah, I missed that. Okay, yeah, Olave is at wide receiver eight at twenty one. Yeah, and then you have Garrett Wilson at twenty seven. Then you have uh, Christian Watson at forty four, Jamison Williams at forty seven, Burks at forty eight, Pickens at fifty. You know, so it, it, and these guys are already rated above. You know, like uh, Devontae Smith, uh, Michael Pittman, Marquise Brown, uh, Brandon Ayuk. You know, so they're they're rated. Up, they're already going ahead of some rather youngish wide receivers, uh, you know, that, that still should be pretty productive for several years. So, uh, you know, if you're, if you're looking to flip one of those guys, uh, now might be the time to do it.
1: I mean, yeah, if it's,
3: it's,
0: it's, it's funny you mentioned that, Dan, and i Bradley, I'll get your perspective yeah. on this too, but we talk about flipping those guys. Like at this point, would you, ra- I don't even know why, like, to me, it's like, you know, if I have it's like a bird in a hand type thing here, where people are so excited about this 2023 class, but it's like, why would you trade Garrett Wilson for the for the 103? Just why would you do that? It's you're overcomplicating everything. Like, are you would you even think of that? I mean, I get the 101. I get B. John Robinson being this, you know, generational Jonathan Taylor type running back prospect, but moving one of these guys just seems kind of crazy to me.
1: I think the other way is what you want to do. I you want to go after these. Like if you can get trade your digs plus to get Garrett Wilson. If you can trade your AJ Brown plus to get Chris Olave, those are the types of moves that uh, that can buy you more equity but keep you in the same tier. And uh, like AJ Brown right now is the wide receiver four. Jalen Waddle, I mean, I like Jalen Waddle, but is he the wide receiver three in dynasty? I think that's a little spicy based on, you know, if you're comparing your thoughts versus consensus, I think that's a little much, you know. Like, if you can trade Jalen Waddle for Garrett Wilson Plus, that's what you're looking to do.
3: Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, and you can kind of go, like, uh, I was going to mention this in 1912, had it right on the head flip watson right now uh you know because you could flip watson for uh you know you you could trade watson for marquise brown and you know marquise brown is only like a year or two older at most than uh watson and i i think is probably going to have a much better year next year but you know we'll see I, i just don't think that efficiency is going to keep going for watson so that you know the hyper-efficiency is what you want to flip right now, if you can.
1: I would flip him because of the questions about Aaron Rodgers. I wouldn't do it mm-hmm. no, necessarily because of the efficiency directly. The, in of, the inefficiency is going to be drawn from it's Jordan Love throwing the ball next year in Green Bay, at least, you know, if I'm a scorched-to-earth Green Bay Packers fan over here, you know. <laughs> yes. there, you go. there you go, Bradley. Yeah. Um, the it's super
0: interesting just quick around the horn you mentioned I'm a little surprised I guess it's you know it probably is not quite updating daily on keep trade cut I'm not sure though but yeah, I feel like it, it might does. be a little recency bias with Garrett Wilson where because he's had such a big back-to-back games but if you could pick between Olave and Wilson to have on a dynasty roster Dan which one are you going with
3: Man, that's really tough. Um, I Probably I'm going Garrett Wilson um, just because I think he's on a better team. Uh, Olave, we've got questions, you know, we've got questions about quarterback for both of them, but we, we don't have as many questions about the rest of the offense um, with Garrett Wilson as we do with Chris Olave. And I think having, you know, some more dangerous weapons around him helps Garrett Wilson, whereas Olave can pretty easily right now be focused on by uh, defenses.
1: What about you, Bradley? Yeah, I would take Garrett Wilson as well for similar reasons with the team, but also because uh, New Orleans doesn't have a first-round pick to play with, you know, in this this coming year's draft. They're not looking great. Uh, They traded their first-round pick away to Philadelphia. Uh, The Eagles have set themselves up for success, and so if they're – looking for are addressing the quarterback position. They're going to have to do it on the cheap or compare that to the jets who, as you mentioned, like they could go out and get a Jimmy Garoppolo for a late first, which is where the jets first is probably going to be this year. Uh, or they could go out and get Derek Carr, you know, for a late first. I think that that taking on a contract, I think that's a reasonable thing to do. So there's more optimism about how the jets have been operating as a team as of late um, and competitively Lord knows what kind of offense they're going to have. So uh, that's where I would go with, with Wilson. So we just
0: talked offense the whole show and we rarely get defensive in the goat district, but every point kind of matters when you get to, to this point in the season uh, we all saw the Cleveland Browns defense put up a 30 spot this past week. Uh, I mean, literally put – if you started the Browns on defense, you won your fantasy matchup unless you have a complete dud of a fantasy team. Is there any sneaky defenses that you guys are looking to add or just use? You can go as, as broad as you want here. Um, Bradley,
1: any defenses that people should be trying to scoop up that may be possibly under the radar – Okay, so a couple of them that came to mind. Uh, one is Tennessee. Right now, their consensus tight uh, defensive uh, special teams 14. They get Jacksonville this week. Tennessee's really stingy against uh, the running game. They get Jacksonville. They get the Chargers, who may or may not have Mike uh, Mike Williams back. They put a lot of pressure on you know their secondary, but then they get Houston Week 16, and then Dallas might be, like, coasting by then in week 17 uh it's very possible so tight the titans are uh on the radar but for me the raiders uh, i love that are, that's the one that's great just for this matchup alone right they get the rams and it, it look this is the crazy thing adam Schefter is reporting that not only did the rams you know they claim baker mayfield today but the, the the rams are in a position to actually consider starting baker mayfield like that is on insane. the table. It's the weirdest. It's the weirdest. weirdest it's the so, weirdest,
3: so, it's the so, weirdest so, story what, what of the What is the deal? Season.
0: Do they do they not have cable in uh, L.A.? <laughs> they, they, McVeigh was watching cable. old Oklahoma uh, tapes. <laughs> he was wa- <laughs> he was nostalgic and he was watching old you know Baker Baker Mayfield Heisman Trophy year and uh, Baker Mayfield rookie year Browns. That's the only tape he needed to see because he'll be able to mold him.
3: I I thought maybe the cable was out. I I didn't know.
1: Okay, so real talk about the Raiders. They're not just for this week. Um, they get the Rams this week. They also get the Patriots at Vegas, and then they go to Pittsburgh, and then they get San Francisco with Brock Purdy week 17, and they're coming off three straight games of being a top 13 DST. They're not a zero, okay? so They get to the quarterback. They, they do, and credit to Max Crosby. So – I I would go with the Raiders as my number one pickup as a sneaky DST. Dan, anybody you're on? Yeah,
3: I would, I would throw in, um, Atlanta is, has got a sneaky good schedule. And right now, you know, they're going to be on bye week 14, but then they've got the saints, they've got Baltimore, they've got Arizona, um, you know, which is a a pretty nice way to, to get through that, uh, the playoff weeks of 15 through 17. Um, so I, I'd be thinking about them as well. Um, most of the rest of it, though, I think you're going to be just kind of mixing and matching a little bit. Uh, you know, like Cleveland, I was I was not on them because they, they just have done so horrible the entire season. I was like, yeah, I know it's Houston, but, you know, I, how good is it going to be really, you know? And I had, like, Seattle and some other teams, so I'm like, I ain't dropping any of these guys for uh, for, you know, for Cleveland. Turns out maybe I should have, but oh well.
0: I mean, how I mean, highly you're rostered? You're not able is... to you're not able to pick to predict, uh, scooping scores from the two yard <laughs> line. What is wrong with you? I
3: know, right? I'm I'm, I'm still how, working on my game there.
0: How highly uh, rostered throw... is
1: Dallas going to be this week? Like oh yeah, yeah,
3: Dallas. I, Dallas is the ultimate. Dallas. Smash. Dallas
0: could Dallas could beat houston could legitimately beat Houston forty two nothing. It could be, that could be all game. defensive scores. <laughs> yeah, it it, it it could be extremely extremely ugly. I'll throw out, especially for home leagues. A lot of people are going to uh, cut the Commanders' defense this week because of the buy. If you have a chance to stash them, that Week 15 game in Washington against the New York uh, is where Washington's going to be playing for their playoff life. Uh, that's that's a defense I'd be looking to stream. Uh, I really like your call on the Raiders. That that was going to be my call for this week. It's kind of like a it. We talk about it doesn't have to be a complicated game, you know, like just stream the defense against the team in the horrible quarterback situation. And if they're willing to start Baker Mayfield after he gets off a plane, Sean McVay is just kind of, that's like the jump in the shark moment for Sean McVay where you're like, what, what's going on here? The guy thinks he's a, a, a genius and he can just fix anything kind of deal. Because that's about the worst idea that I've ever heard. They say he's learning the playbook on the plane. So it's, he's not, I mean, Bryce Perkins you
1: know. or Baker Mayfield.
0: Give me Bryce Perkins. Uh,
3: yeah, I, I think I might take Bryce Perkins there too. Yeah,
0: I mean,
1: honestly, Man, I'm so anyways. stuck on my priors.
0: <laughs> it's uh, it's crazy. I, I mean, Josh Johnson was just signed by the the 49ers, and I I would take Johnson over over Mayfield at this point. Um, you know, in terms of like a veteran that you could plug in for one game, I'm rolling with Johnson, who's done it a million times. Uh, so it's uh, it's it's definitely definitely choppy water. Um, real, real quick, do you guys have any interest in Odell Beckham? No. No way. <laughs> yeah, me neither. No. I, I think it's. I think it's a. It's kind of a move on. I've. I've. I've wrote about him in a waiver wire column every single week as a guy where he's going to sign. He's going to sign. Still has not signed, and now we're getting word that the Cowboys are apprehensive. It's just kind of a circus, and the Rams it, it, are out. I think that the. I'll say the only team that I would have any interest in is if it becomes a New York giant, just because I don't think he's signing with the giants without kind of a promise that he's going to get playing time and, and would have an opportunity for more targets than he would in, in, in Dallas uh, or a team like that. But I will say you'd have to be in dire straits to add him at this point. So uh, we we can move on from that. Uh, let's let, talk. Let, I don't,
3: let me go I'm back sorry. real quick on defenses, just in case, oh, you know, for, for those of us who are, you know, anybody who doesn't, Play in the really deep leagues. Um, you know, if it's possible in your league that the Chiefs' defense, if you're playing in you know more shallow or less, you know less sharp leagues, the the Chiefs' defense could be available. If they are, they're they're a great one to snap up. They've probably got about the best schedule I think uh, left of anybody because they get uh, they get Denver a couple times, they get Houston, they get Seattle. So um, week
0: week seventeen week seventeen Denver right. So that's that's like uh, you know pin your ears back and you get 15 defensive points. So yeah, that's 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 a great call by Dan because you know they they a lot of times in these home leagues you'll see people kind of be reactionary to what happened this past week. And as soon as the defense lets up a decent size score, but that Cincinnati offense is just humming. Uh, and the game was in Cincinnati, so obviously Kansas City. I think that's a great call. Love Bradley's call on, on the Raiders. Uh, it's fun getting defensive every now and then. But we want to stress to everyone we have we have no interest in idp in, in the goat district we'll leave that to bradley uh, <laughs> let's let's talk a, a dan williamson specialty let's talk tight end uh what what a, among the guys that click the low end tight end ones and kind of the tight end two group is there anybody maybe you're a little bit more bullish on than than consensus that you would be happy to be using this week and, and maybe for for the rest of the uh fantasy playoffs dan yeah,
3: I mean, obviously Greg Dulcich with uh, um, you know with Denver, that's he had some bad weeks. Um, he really came roaring back this week. I mean, it was kind of helped out by Cortland Sutton, uh, you know, blowing out his his hammy, I think it was. Um, so you you have to feel all right about him. I mean, you know, if you're feeling really good about any tight end, you're you're probably deluding yourself um, at this point, but. Uh, Daniel Bellinger, another one I probably feel de- at least decent about. Uh, you know, they're just starved for good targets and, uh, you know, for the Giants. Five catches and,
0: this past week. Five catches.
3: Yeah, you know, and, and, you know, it, he's, he's not going to get a ton of yards. He's not going to get a ton of touchdowns, but if he's getting the targets and getting the catches, uh, you know, he can at least kind of keep you afloat. Um, you know, Tyler Conklin's been very hit and miss, um, but, you know, Noah Fant, we kind of talked about already. I'd, I'd even throw Will Disley in there as, you know, kind of an emergency start. Uh, and uh, um, Chig Akwanko, um, you know, we talked about already. So th- those are some names I'd be thinking about if you really need them. What do you think, Brett?
1: Uh, one name in that, like, high-end, tight-end two range, Hunter Henry for this week in particular gets Arizona. Right, oh, yeah. and uh, they allow the most fantasy points per game to the tight end position. 15.5 fantasy points per game in half point. That's Travis Kelsey level, <laughs> okay? <laughs> <laughs> like, you're getting the streaming Travis Kelsey every week, and we've seen ceiling games from Hunter Henry. It's not like he hasn't done anything this year. He's had a tight end four finish against Cleveland. He almost had two
0: tight, two touchdown catches uh, just two right. weeks back. Had one he was the back. tight end three against yep.
1: Minnesota. Right. And now he gets Arizona, but also next, the following week he gets Vegas and then Cincinnati and then Miami. Those are games where you can imagine Mac Jones is going to have to play catch up. So Hunter Henry is an interesting play, not just for this week, but moving forward. Um, you, you mentioned Dolchich um He has a tough matchup this week against uh, Willie Gay, the linebacker, so there's the IDP (laughs) sprinkling in. But, you know, you can't hate the amount of targets he's had. Um, He's running all of the routes, and you mentioned with Sutton being out, right? Six for 85. He didn't score a touchdown and was still a top-four tight end. That's how bad the tight end position is. Uh, right now it's it's real gross and if someone drops Taysom Hill this week because of the bye week he needs to be scooped up just because you saw what happened yesterday like he's skilled enough they're gonna give him some touches Alvin Kamara you can't trust him as much you know as you'd like so Taysom Hill is gonna get a, a few more sprinkled in and he's probably gonna qualify so yeah, I think that um, David Njoku is also someone that has fallen off the radar, needs to be put back on it. Like Njoku, when he was healthy, was uh, you know the the tight end two, tight end six, tight end five, tight end eight, you know uh, over the last few games. So you need to um, need to be picking him up. He's the consensus tight end twenty two this week on Fantasy Pros, David hmm. Njoku. So.
3: I, I suspect that would probably go up if we knew for sure he was playing.
1: Right.
0: Yeah, I I love uh, uh, Dan's call on Bellinger. Like Dulcich, I would I would have it as as the top of this tier just because I think with Sutton out, I think he's got the highest ceiling. Um, I, I I like the the I like the Bellinger call just because I think he's got a, a safe uh, target floor. Um, I think that he's going to be used. Um, we talked about Chig a little bit earlier, and I love uh, Bradley's call on on hunter on hunter henry um let's give a quick shout out to the ffpc um, dan are you getting excited about maybe some uh, some the postseason contests coming up in the ffpc
3: yeah the postseason con- contests are always fun you know it's it it's it's an easy contest but it's a really hard contest i mean you know all you need to do is just pick 10 players you know easy right but uh you know figuring out exactly which 10 players and you can only have one from each team which teams are you going to fade uh, you know, which, which players are going to be high owned, which ones are going to be low owned, you know, there's a, there, like, it's, it's like peeling an onion, you know, there's just layer after layer after layer of strategy in there. And, um, uh, you know, it, I, I really enjoy that part of it almost as much as anything else, you know, just trying to figure out what the ownerships are going to be and, you know, how to put together a decent team. Um, uh, you know, so I, I haven't had a big cash on that yet, but, uh, it's coming, Dan. It's, it's coming. Yes, it's, it's coming. You know. It's coming. I mean, if Austin can do it, right?
0: Yeah, no, shout out to to Austin <laughs> Martin, who was on the on the pod and he he shipped that one. Uh won a few dollars. Um, shout out to the IRS. We're not going to talk about how many, how much people win in fantasy, but he right. won a significant amount of money. Um, let's talk about the my quickly talk about the Miami running back position. It got kind of turned on its head slightly this week, usage wise. Mike McDaniel, we love him for fantasy for what he does with wide receivers, and we love him for running back production, but we don't necessarily love what he's doing in terms of running back predictability. Do you guys have apprehension about using Jeff Wilson this week in an important week 14? And do you think that maybe Mostert's going to be worked in a little bit more? Are you looking to start both? Are you avoiding it? I mean, how are you handling this? Either one of you guys.
3: I'll, I'll I'll start. I mean, if you're not nervous about starting somebody who got you point three points last week, um, you you probably need to find a new hobby. Um, so
0: yeah, I'm nervous about it. Don't fear the reaper with uh, Murray <laughs> right. Dolphin, Breyer. but on the
3: other hand, I mean, you know, last week is last week, and you know, you, you can't you can't necessarily hold that against him. Uh, you know, he could. You know, he is a big part of that offense. Uh, you know, just kind of the game flow uh, took both him and Mostert out. I thought pretty much uh, where they just neither one of them was doing as much. So uh, you know, I don't mind sticking Wilson in there. I mean, you know, it, it, it's definitely shaking my confidence a little bit. But uh, you know, if I need him, I'm throwing him in there. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be putting in uh, you know I don't know I, I I'm not gonna
0: put in like uh, Chuba Hubbard over him or something like that. Bradley, any?
1: Uh, what's your take on, on the situation there? Yeah, I think you have to roll with Mostert, unfortunately, until you see it from Jeff Wilson this past week. 87.5% rush share for Raheem Mostert. Jeff Wilson left the Week 12 game with an injury. It was described as cramps, but I wonder if there were just some, some lingering issues or if the coaches just wanted to give him a rest against his previous team. So much for the revenge game narrative, right, guys? Uh, but this week, you know... I have low confidence in both players, but they have a real smash matchup against the LA Chargers. This is a uh, the the Chargers give up a lot of fancy points to the running back position. We know that, but it's also at the offensive defensive line. Miami Dolphins have a 42% run block advantage per PFF going into this game. So if there's room to run, it could be Mostert, it could be Wilson, it could be both of them. Right and I that that's why we're frustrated because if we knew that it was going to be one guy or the other like automatic running back two start with running back one upside but the problem is is our confidence has been shaken the last couple of games and we 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 have a feeling that it's going to be one of these guys popping off but to pick which one that's going to be really tough
0: yeah it's it, it's a it's a really I, I'm done trying to figure it out um, because we think a guy gets dusted and then, you know, he goes back to the other one. Um, I will say that one thing in the in the preseason that we talked about a little bit with Jeff Wilson, um, and especially in the early season when when he took over the San Francisco backfield, was he's never played more than 12 games in an NFL season prior to this one. So I wonder if he's just the kind of guy that that, that definitely breaks down with the usage and McDaniel seeing the right on the wall. I'd certainly be more happy about using Mostert. But again, like Dan said, uh, you have to be in a decent situation to be able to to bench Wilson. And I think a lot of people are not there, especially with all these bye week teams. Um, Talking about a a much more clear situation, and this is a question that we, the JD and I discussed with Pat Corain last night. So I'm interested to to hear your guys' thoughts on it. Lost in the Josh Jacobs uh, smash season is Devontae Adams is having like the quietest league winning season ever. He's red hot with 22 catches, 4 touchdowns, 392 yards in his last 3 games and he leads the league with 664 yards receiving over the last 5 weeks. Is he the wide receiver one rest of the season? Maybe share your thoughts on Adams and would you take another wide receiver on him moving another wide receiver besides him moving forward. Start with Bradley.
1: Yeah, this is uh I mean, we play a week to week matchup And Devontae Adams is a really, really nice matchup this week, too, to continue this streak uh, against the L.A. Rams. They're not as shut down as they once were or had been considered. Jalen Ramsey has given up some big plays. Plus, the uh, PFF gives Adams an 84% uh, advantage over the secondary. And then the offensive line for Vegas, too, has a significant advantage. So this is a game... This week, that's huge. But then also moving forward, like there are some plus and minus matchups. He gets New England week 15 at Pittsburgh. That secondary has played tough from time to time. And then San Francisco is one of the most difficult in the week 17 matchup there, Theo. So I am, you know, concerned about the championship. But this week 14, he's uh, it's going to be hard to rank him as not the wide receiver one overall for this week even though there are a couple more tougher matchups later on. Plus, I think you you can see wide receiver one ceiling, but you're going to get Darren Waller back projected for week 15. There's been rumblings about Hunter Renfro coming back this week, but definitely in week 15. So I think that there are two significant uh, pass catchers that are going to take away the... Highest of ceilings from Devontae Adams target share like Adams is still going to get his 30 to 32 percent, but he's not getting a 40, 45 percent target share with Waller and Renfro back in there. It's been really consolidated target share, just Adams and Jacobs primarily with a sprinkling of Mac Holland. So I think that target share is going to go down. Could he be the wide receiver one rest of the season? Yes, though.
0: Would you take a, a different wide receiver over him? If you could have one to roster for the rest of the season, like are you going Tyree Kill? Are you are you going which way?
1: Justin Jefferson or, or are you sticking with Adams? I mean, I think that you have to go with Adams, but here's a dark horse one that I, I would love to chat. And I'd love to just drop it in the bat the beehive. Let me, let me beehive. guess. Let me guess. Are you going to throw out Amon Ross St. Brown? I am going to throw out Amon Ross. Okay, St. Brown. there you go, Bradley. I'm batting the the beehive with Amon Ross St. Brown. St. Brown has three top three wide receiver finishes on the year. He gets Minnesota. He gets the Jets, Carolina, and then Chicago Week 17 in a dome. Okay, and the Bears give up some of the most fancy points. Uh, to the wide receiver position. We talk about possible shootout opportunity, like that Week 17 game is just perfect script for it. And Amon Ross St. Brown this week against Minnesota is the highest projected PFF advantage over cornerbacks. And the Vikings, as we mentioned, give up the most receiving yards to wide receivers on the season. So Amon Ross St. Brown, he's he's my dark horse wide receiver one overall rest of the season.
0: Love it, uh, Dan. Your thoughts on on this? Would you rather have Devonte Adams, or is there another particular wide receiver that you would rather have for the rest of the season?
3: I mean, yeah, I I, I like Devontae Adams a lot. Um, he he does have some tougher games coming up, which you guys may have mentioned while I was uh, wrestling with my internet and trying to to get it working again. But uh, you know, I don't love his schedule, but I I, I think he's also kind of matchup proof uh, for the most part. So. I, I'll roll with Devontae Adams and feel real good about it. I love the uh, Amon Rance Brown call. Um, you know, another one that I think, you know, not the world's greatest matchups, but uh, Justin Jefferson. Uh, you know, he's on a tear and, he, you know, he doesn't have any matchups that are particularly difficult. Uh, he just doesn't have any great matchups coming up.
0: And I, I really do believe that you're going to need one of these, at least one of these uh, elite wide receivers are going to, you know, be the ones deciding. You know the overalls. Uh, you know, especially in the high stakes formats, they're so impactful uh, to have these guys who can put up a thirty-five point week. um You know, it's 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 very important, and I do I do think I would go with Devonte Adams. I'm extremely bullish on him moving forward. I get the argument that maybe a banged up Jalen Waddle might help Tyree Kill, but I think there could be a matchup in the playoffs where. You know defenses are are eventually able to focus a little bit more on Hill and at least slow him down. Where he's a, uh, you know, a hundred a hundred yards type game with no touchdowns. Where that you know he maybe finishes his uh, wide re- wide receiver twelve range. Where I don't necessarily see that with Adams. I just think he's a very safe target floor, especially with the threat of Josh Jacobs. Uh, we're at uh, an hour and ten minutes. Bradley's been very generous with his time here. We really want to get your league winners, Bradley. You can start with the, the the cream of the crop, blue chippers, and then I want you to give us a couple of these off the radar guys. Maybe a particular RB two or three, maybe mm-hmm. a wide receiver three that you'd love to have on your on your fantasy rosters in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I mean uh, DeAndre Swift should be on there. He's got I, look. He finished this past week as uh, as the running back five overall, and we mentioned the Detroit has the schedule. That's really interesting, but it's not just that the schedule is interesting. It's that Deandre Swift has the talent profile and now he's getting the usage, right? The, the training wheels are off from, you know, the, the weeks where he had missed from injury, 14 carries six targets. That's 20 opportunities for Deandre Swift. And he's being undervalued completely. I think this is a a player who, You know, we were drafting end of the first round, beginning of the second round, and for good reason because he has all of the. He's the Alvin Kamara type. He's that type of profile, and so if I like, I feel like I'm Team Lions, you know. And unfortunately, like I'm so close to Detroit that people are like, "You've got the got the blue glasses on, Bradley. What is going on with you?" But you know, it's going to be Lions here near the end of the season. They're sixth in fan in. They're 6th in team points on the season. They've got good matchups, and Swift is there. That's interesting to me. Zonovan Knight, we mentioned uh, earlier in the podcast, is someone who is extremely sneaky. Um, He looks to be getting a majority of share in the Jets' backfield. You want to be taking a shot on him. I wish I could have been more bullish on Kyron Williams. That's a player that in PPR, like... If we get some stability just dumping off the ball to Kyron Williams, he could be very, very interesting in a flex position. Uh, this is a player who at Notre Dame, 190 carries each of the last two seasons, 11% target share, was capable um, at running back. So if the Rams aren't playing for anything, that they might just give the ball to this uh, this day three rookie uh, that they know what they have in Cam Akers. Let's find out what we have in Kyron Williams moving forward. Uh, so that those are some players from running back, and then at wide receiver, uh, Brandon Ayuk needs to be you know uh, on the up and up. I know that there's the the questions of quarterback, but with Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey cannibalizing each other, like I would be very interested to see how aggressive uh, the likes of Brock Purdy would be with Brandon Ayuk, and he might be undervalued. Um. And like Traylon Burks is left for dead in some projections, uh, like he's wide receiver 38. I think he's going to play, and I think that the Tennessee Titans, you know, they just fired their GM. That's so bizarre, right? Uh, There's got to be something
0: yeah. behind the scenes that we don't see because of the timing.
1: Right, but Traylon Burks is a player that was drafted by you know the GM, and and they'll be playing for the playoffs the rest of the way. You know, you it's very rare that you see a GM. Fired when you're three games ahead of your division mates are the next closest so those are some players that i would consider um let's see i'm gonna see if i can get one more deep cut but in the meantime isaiah hodgins there we go isaiah hodgins extremely deep cut for the new york giants he played majority of snaps this is a player who, yes, he'll get Philadelphia this week, but it's Washington, Minnesota, and then, well, Indianapolis Week 17. He finished with 10 fantasy points, six targets. He's played, uh, played some snaps as of late, and this was a player who was out of Buffalo a few years back. So it's been rotating for the Giants, but someone's got to catch target share. and uh, it's not going to be Dante Pettis. So there's a really deep cut for you, Isaiah Hodgins.
0: Well, you heard it here first, Dan Isaiah Hodgins, league winner <laughs> from Bradley Stadler. Um, yeah. but by the way, I can shed a little light on the uh,
3: on the John Robinson thing. Mm. Um, my understanding is that he was uh, actually playing beer pong with um, with Todd Downing in the uh, in the flight, on the flight home. You know, in the middle of the aisle on that uh, charter flight. So I think I think that's what it was.
0: What's going on? with We're getting a lot of uh, a lot of uh, t- like like uh, NFL flight stories this year. We had Russell Wilson working out on the plane. Now we have the uh, the beer pong story. The Kirk, uh, Cousins, and-
1: with Kirk Cousins. Cousins, yeah. Cousins with the old chains. with uh, the chains, and then uh, now you have OBJ
0: Baker Mayfield with his <laughs> with his uh, you know nose in uh, the books. His, his photo photographic memory to to be able to memorize a playbook in literally a, a cross country flight. Um, anyway, Bradley, this was awesome. Uh, let everybody know where they can find you.
1: Yeah. You can follow me on Twitter at FF Stalder, the YouTube channel, best bell fantasy. Um, we're growing a lot over there, uh, putting up a lot of content, uh, pumping it out weekly. And then also during the off season, I'm excited to get some more um, deep dives and player comparisons for you, but also some structural things. I think that's one thing that I want to focus more on this year is fewer player takes in the best ball and more focusing on how can I structure my team's, uh, to to optimize for these types of week seventeen conversations,
0: we'd love to have you back on to draft best ball with us. Uh, we're gonna get those going pretty much as soon as the Super Bowl is over, maybe before Dan. Uh, Dan, let everybody yes. know where they can find you.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, you catch me at overhyped sleeper. Drop the final e from sleeper. Um, I, I definitely will be drafting best balls before the Super Bowl uh, as long as I have a for- forum to do it in, and I am absolutely sure that, uh, the FFPC, if, if no one else will definitely provide that for us. So looking forward to that, but, uh, you know, first we got to finish off this year. So we want to finish off strong, make sure you're, uh, you know, this whole show is just get out there, uh, be checking that waiver wire, dig deep, think, think hard about, uh, you know, what kind of players are going to work for you. Just get through this week, get into next week and get through the sprint.
0: Yeah, 100%. Dan and I are going to ship our FFPC main event team this week. I feel really good about it. Uh, we're playing for a lot uh, right now in the Goat District, and uh, I hope <laughs> our listeners are as well. Uh, thanks again to Bradley. Tune in Thursday night. We're going to be back. Uh, we have a tailgate, and we have the defending FFPC main event champions, Go Bills, uh, Nick Costantino, Dom Baranyi, and Sean Stutzman. Uh, really good guys. We got to meet them in Vegas. Uh, you know, Dan and I were out there for the, for the main event Uh, really good guys. They listen to the show. Very, very sharp players. Uh, I compete against a couple of those guys in leagues. I've drafted against those guys. Uh, They're no joke, and obviously they have the receipts to to show for it. And then Friday, Dan and I are going to be sitting down uh, on a 3 p.m. show with Adam Levitan of Establish the Run. Uh, We're loading it up this week. Thanks for joining us in the district, and everybody have a great night.